I'm Aria Schwartz along with my co-host Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. The WNBA has released its schedule today, so yeah, the season is here. a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w patreon.com backslash windsider to show your support all right rachel we got the schedule ready and we are here to discuss the uh the highlight games opening weekend and a, a brief look at who we view as the top projected teams going into this season rachel i know you've been busy with all the uh aau and uh kind of formulating the future of women's basketball so I tip my cap to you how have you been how are you doing I'm good I'm good I spent the last week um at at basketball tournaments um helping helping in uh, a lot of different ways which was crazy to see basketball live again but um everything went well and and it was a, a great time and now here I am back in Denver and the schedule is dropped and uh, things become more and more real every single day. So definitely um, a lot to digest here, a lot to talk about in terms of the schedule. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited that, you know, we continue to get news every single day. I know it's been very, very bizarre, very different. We feel like there's been a huge lack of news, but um, you know, just being patient with the league um, and being patient with this entire thing, I think is really important for us to keep in mind. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled. I'm happy to be here. All right, well, let's break it down. Opening weekend, uh, specifically opening day, the first game of the WW, the WWE, no, of the <laughs> WNBA uh, season for 2020 is the Seattle Storm at New York. And obviously, at is whatever. Um, it's because we're all in the bubble, so there's no home court advantage. Although it will be interesting to see if the league pipes in specific, uh, you know, home court advantage noise for one team versus the other. If they like that idea, they could run with it. Um, it's going to be the first time that we see Sabrina Ionescu uh, going up against a powerhouse Seattle Storm team, 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And Rachel, like we were talking about uh, before we hopped on this pod, it's it's kind of a passing of the torch game. And I like this for the first game of the season to get New York and Seattle having one of the premier, if not greatest, point guards in WNBA history in Sue Bird going up against Sabrina, one of the most hyped up players from, well, most hyped up player from the draft class, uh, but one of the most hyped up players we've seen in a long time. What's your reaction to this being the first game of the season? I love that this is the first game. I think you said it, you you know, you hit the nail on the head about like kind of this passing of the torch, if you will, but I also like to call it kind of getting thrown into the fire, if you will. I mean, you know, it's it's been really hard to do any sort of predictions or preseason, you know, rankings, things like that are, are difficult because we still don't have a ton of information. But we do know that Seattle has got to be in the top two of discussions in, turn, uh, in terms of favorites this year. At least for me, they are because of who's coming back, because of who's there. Um, and I think, obviously, New York, one of the most hyped up teams in terms of just everything they have going on. But yes, the Sabrina factor is largely at play here. We're going to get into this a little bit later as we talk about some of those national uh, national televised games, especially with ESPN. New York 
you know, is really going to be highlighted a ton this year. And I mean, I, I have to say she has a pretty large part of that, to be honest with you. So I think that's a great game. I'm, I think, um, you know, like, like you said, being, being thrown into the fire, you know, having Sabrina go up against Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird. And, and I mean, this is the best of the best. And, and so I think that's a great way to kind of kick off two teams that get a lot of hype in their own ways and, and uh, are, are going to really set the tone for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting one. I'll just throw it out there. I expect Seattle to dominate. 30-point win, calling it now. Now, nah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should Maybe I shouldn't be that mean. Uh, th- they got some rust, too. We'll get back to that later. The next game of opening day is LA at Phoenix, um, and that's a 3 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. I like seeing um, national televised games and having – all of the these uh, opening highlight games on national televised national television. Um, two teams that, in my opinion, are projected to be top contenders this season. So I'm very excited about it. And beyond that, I think in the Seattle New York game, you kind of have a mix of WNBA talent where the WNBA fans really want to see these players, and then this influx of Sabrina and the New York rookies, as I'm jokingly calling them this season, where you have them trying to like bring together the college fan base and the WNBA fan base. So that's really cool. But I think the, the veteran WNBA fans are going to be maybe a little bit more excited for LA and Phoenix, uh, seeing the greatest of all time, Simone Augustus go up against Diana Taurasi and Skylar Diggins Smith and Brittany Griner, and then you also got Candace Parker and Chelsea Gray and Neka Ogumike. I mean, this is a star-studded matchup that a lot of people would not be crazy to believe that this is a 2020 finals preview. What are your thoughts on this matchup? I love it. I think they did a phenomenal job of really highlighting four of the most hyped-up teams in the league just to kind of kick off uh, the season. And I mean, we talked about L.A. and Phoenix as much as any other team in free agency in terms of the moves that they made and what LA and their roster looks completely different in a lot of different ways. Now it has changed as time's go, as time has gone on, but um, you know, we have to have LA in this, in the discussion of contenders, same with Phoenix. So um, I think you, you, you made a really good point about, you know, Seattle versus kind of this next generation of extremely young, players that are going to, but exciting players who, who have really pushed the envelope forward in women's basketball with New York, but with LA and Phoenix, I mean, that's just a classic matchup of some of the, the greatest of all time. And, and yeah, you throw Skylar Diggins Smith on Phoenix now too. And I personally am just thrilled to watch her and Tarazi and Griner out there on the court together. I, I can't wait to kind of see how that dynamic looks. So from, from a, from a very first, you know, couple games of the season standpoint that they hit a home run with this. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll get into Phoenix in a little bit. Let's, let's talk about the third game of this uh, triple header. It's not exactly a triple header, but I'm going to call it that. Uh, Indiana is going to be at Washington. Again, at is all whatever. Uh, 5 p.m. on CBS, CBS Sports Network. And this is an interesting one. Indiana is a team that many are expecting more and more so to take leaps this year. Tierra McCowan, a player who during the offseason is really, um, kind of one of those uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Everyone has been hyping her up more and more as this offseason has gone on. And obviously having to meet the catchings, take on a larger role, uh, adding Marion Stanley as your head coach who came over from D.C. So there's that element to it. Um, so it, it's, it's also very interesting because 
DC, with all of the medical opt-outs and the roster flip that we've seen during this offseason, um, medical opt-outs and personal opt-outs for a variety of reasons, I should say, um, it's very interesting to see DC, a team that was the pinnacle of the WNBA last year, setting all kinds of records, now is kind of on a downswing for this year at least. And Indiana is a team that's been on the bottom of the league for the past few years, as, as you might remember, and they're kind of on the upswing. So I, there, it's kind of uh, two teams passing on the highway, if you ask me. But what are your thoughts about this game? I know you got some ties to both teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Indiana. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this new era of Fever Basketball. Um, you know, there's a lot of players um, that we, we weren't able to really see last year a ton, and, and McCowan in terms of her, her dominant presence with the team um, is, is huge. And I think this is going to, they're going to only continue to get better. I'm excited. You know, there's just a lot of question marks. It's the Marianne Stanley era. So what does that look like? Um, what is their vision with this team? How do you, how do you take that jump <clears throat> from what you, you know, were able to accomplish last year towards the end of the season with a lot of momentum, in my opinion, <clears throat> keeping that into perspective that how, how much they have struggled the last few years to now a new coach, a new system, a lot of question marks there. And with Washington, I mean, yeah, a lot of question marks. I know it's not official about um, some of the medical opt-outs, in, in particular with Elena Deladon, but we're we're really just assuming at this point that she will not be playing this season. I mean, um, you know, we're waiting that that final approval that that she will not be able, uh, she will receive that medical opt-out. And I mean, you just kind of have to assume it. It doesn't even really make sense in the first place. So yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you that, you know. 10 months can, can change everything. Eight months can change everything. I mean, this is a, a really well-coached team. Um, you still have Emma Miesemann and you still have um, some new pieces um, on this team, but we're not going to probably get a chance to see a lot of them all on, on the court together. So downswing sounds a little bit harsh in my opinion. Um, it's just an unknown as to what this team becomes um, since this, this, this is nowhere near the team they were last year. Um, and that's okay. It just shows each season is so different. And you're talking about repeating and, and doing things back to back that this is a huge part of why that's so difficult because so many things can come into play, especially this year. I mean, 2020, none of us could have predicted that this would be what we were talking about. But um, I think it, you know, that, that those are two teams that I think um, probably more than anyone else, a lot of question marks surrounding them for a lot of different reasons, but I do, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, living in Indiana for as long as I did um, getting a chance to really get invested into that franchise. I'm excited to kind of see uh, their, their continued growth and uh, you know, hopefully taking that next step under uh, the Marianne Stanley era. Yeah. And, and I should clarify when I say downswing, I mean, strictly on the power rankings, like right. they were a top team on the power rankings yeah. and now they're swinging down in, in Indiana. Um, something else that I feel like should be noted on Washington, which I haven't seen really talked about, um, is the fact that before Lena Deladon came to this DC team, before she came over uh, in that trade from Chicago, Emma Miesemann, in that season leading up to it, really solidified herself as a superstar of this league. And then Deladon came in, and there was obviously some growth issues there between you know how they were going to adjust to that and obviously a few years later they win a championship so it makes sense great pat on the back but we cannot downplay the fact that Emma Miesemann is a superstar in this league that just for the past few years has not been asked to be that superstar mm -hmm. so keeping that in mind uh, I do think that maybe we're not giving enough credit to DC 
Um, but that, that's just something that I feel like a little a little WNBA history lesson that hasn't been brought up enough in regards to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to add one more thing, I think we have to put her in the conversation for potential MVP candidates, just based on what we know she can do, um, yes. and kind of what you know how she finished out 2019. I mean, she has to be in the discussion, at least to me. Yeah, no, I, and honestly, that's an eye-opening statement for me. I don't think it's a hot take. I think thinking about who could possibly be the MVP of this season, there is a lot of, you know, questions, uh, especially considering the fact that, and we'll get to this, it's a slightly condensed schedule to some degree. When it comes to the MVP race, I think there's a lot of question marks. Uh, every year, it's kind of a thought process of, okay, the team has to do good, and this player has to excel on this team. It's not just the, you know, it's not just, oh, this player had crazy stats. You, you don't typically see an MVP candidate or an MVP winner not come from a team that is having great success. You have to kind of think about that also. But I do think Emma Miesemann should be in that discussion of a possible MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about key games. I know a lot of fans, a lot of people, heck, even in the Windsider uh, staff Slack, it's been chatted a bunch about, when are we going to see the rematch of Las Vegas and Chicago? And I think the league did this right. It is, in my opinion, the marquee game of the second day of the season, Sunday the 26th, we get the rematch, and it's on ABC, possibly the most exciting game. Eh, fuck it. Ooh, excuse me. The most exciting game of the playoffs last season was the shot. I mean, I'm excited to see that game. What about you? Of course, absolutely. We we have to talk about Chicago more than what we have. Um, they didn't make a ton of changes this offseason, but this is a team that has just continued to improve, continue to uh, really get the momentum behind them to, to really kind of put themselves, position themselves into a contender category. To me, they're not in that top four right now, but they're kind of in that little fifth place and would not be surprised at all if they came out guns ablaze and this ended up being their year. I mean, I love Chicago. I, I've, I've watched them for many, many years. I think this is as an exciting time as ever to be a Chicago Sky fan. Um, and then you flip the flip the script. We talk about Las Vegas and, and the shot and everything that went down last year. Huge rematch. Um, two teams. A lot of emotion behind this. It's be, kind of in some ways become a little rivalry of its of its own. So, yeah, I agree with you. The the league did this right. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Quick question, Rachel. Um, if I if I put the fire to your feet, who are you rolling with this season, Chicago or Indiana? Oh, who like who I'm supporting? Oh. Well, well, like, I mean, obviously we're like, we have our own personal biases, but we're viewing this from a respectable, unbiased opinion, but I know you have ties to both yeah. teams. Um, which team are, are you rolling with you this know, it's season? Funny. I just, I'm going to completely sidetrack here. Someone asked me over this past week, you know, what's your favorite WBA team? And it kind of stopped me because it's not a question I get asked often. And I was like, I really, I really don't have one. Like I genuinely do not have one. Like I'm sitting here going, I, I don't have like a fan bias in me, you know? And I know a lot of us do, but for me, it's like, I have no, it's just, it's, it's different, but I did really spend a ton, a ton of time watching Chicago as in my younger years. And then same with the fever. So if there were two that I just had the closest ties to, it would be those two. But um, I definitely think Chicago is primed and ready to, to make a big run and to make a big statement this year. So I'm going to Chicago. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, 
kind of a, a, an odd game, if you will, if you look at the history of this league in regards to the finals rematches coming in the following season. Um, we're going to get a rematch between D.C. and Connecticut, two completely different teams now, you know, five, six, eight months later, and these rosters have been overhauled. I think we're going to only see, uh, what, three, three starters uh, in, from both teams combined uh, realistically on the, the starting day roster um, for this season, which is just mind blowing. Um, but let's talk about it. Tuesday the 28th. It's not nationally televised. It's Connecticut. It's D.C. Do you think this is a, a mistake to not have this not nationally televised? Do you think it's kind of a slap to the face of these teams just in regards to they were in the finals last year? Kind of give them more respect because I'm a little bit torn on it. I see both sides of it. I see why they wouldn't, but I also see why they would. I mean, I want them all on national television. So I think it's a slap in the face when it's not. But but let's be honest, there's a ton of games that are taking place here in a really condensed amount of time. So I understand that decisions need to be made. I don't necessarily see it as a huge slap in the face. Um, you know, but I guess I'm kind of with you on this one. I can see it both ways. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're at a point right now where those decisions have to be made and, and we can't, at least at the beginning of the season, have everything on national television. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't really know how I stand up, how I feel about that, to be honest with you. No, I, hey, I hear you. And I, and I will say it's really interesting. It's really awesome to see that all six games. So all three games on Saturday, all three games on Sunday will be nationally televised. So for, excuse me, for me, person who loves the WNBA, who constantly complains and about the lack of national coverage that we get on these teams, at least we're getting the games on national TV. It like, I, that makes me happy. That is a change. Let's talk real quickly. I'm going to do a quick game breakdown of what we know as of now. I should put an asterisk. I know everyone's talking about asterisks uh, for this season, but this asterisk is going to be that my understanding is if you Look at the schedule currently given uh, ESPN and ESPN2 games kind of stop uh, a little bit down the road of these games. So not even, you know, halfway down the season or maybe right around halfway down the season, uh, we see the ESPN games kind of stop. My understanding is that we'll be reevaluated and we should expect at least some more ESPN2 games uh, on the second half of the season. So fear not WNBA fans. Let's break it down. According to my count, I'm no mathematician, but according to my count, we have six games on ESPN. We have 15 games on ESPN2. We have three games on ABC. And on the CBS Sports Network, we have, count them, 40 games. One of those being on its real channel. Now, if you want to talk about what teams are getting a good amount of national coverage in that regard, Seattle's getting two ESPN games, three ESPN2 games. New York is getting the most ESPN games with three ESPN games. So if I did my math correct, and I apologize if I did it wrong, New York is on half of the ESPN games. All right. They're three out of six. And then you got two two for New York on ESPN two. Uh, Rachel, how many games is Dallas getting uh, on national, national TV? TV games for Dallas? I like that. You know, they're a team that's kind of flying under the radar. They got a lot of young talent, a lot of talent that's built for the future of the W. I'm excited to see what this team can do. 
talking about kind of the teams we've grown accustomed to seeing on uh, ESPN and ESPN2. Minnesota's getting an ESPN game. Uh, they're also getting a couple ESPN2 games. LA's getting an ABC, an ESPN, and four ESPN2 games. So um, I'll be honest, I did not count out how many teams are getting the uh, CBS Sports Network games because there was 40 of them, and that was just a lot for me to do. Um, so I took a sick call for that one. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I was really excited with the whole CBS sports network, you know, release before 2019. And then I realized how difficult it was actually to kind of find it. So, um, I can't blame you on that one because it's not something that is necessarily that easily accessible, at least for me. Um, and I, and I'm one of those that's constantly scouring, um, you know, different, different avenues to be able to watch women's basketball, but Getting back to just kind of, you know, let's talk ESPN. Let's talk. I don't know. ESPN well, wait. I don't know if I should say this, but I did find an illegal stream. I probably shouldn't say that publicly, but I did find a CBS Sports <laughs> Network illegal stream last year. It's probably taken down by now because I shared it with so many people. Um, but yeah, sorry. Continue. Well, I mean, that 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 was yeah. I mean, that was really helpful. <laughs> but that that's kind of, you know, I, I the CBS Sports Network. That's that's great. You know, there's gonna be 40 games on there, but you know, we're all living in different regions of the country and it's extremely difficult, you know, especially with in the days of Roku and Apple TV and logins. And it's, it's really hard. I mean, it's, it's hard to be able to see these games um, and, and the illegal live stream. That's, I remember that. I, I remember you t- talking about that. Um, but I, I, I do think that the fascinating thing to me that the ESPN main, main, main channel um, getting three New York teams, games on there is just mind-blowing to me I mean it's absolutely mind-blowing I mean on one hand I understand it it's a huge credit to the Sabrina Ionescu factor (laughs) and what she has done to amplify the game of women's basketball but on the other hand I think about this and I think well this is a very young rookie team that we have no idea what they're going to look like and this is the product that is going to be out there on the flagship channel of ESPN, that, 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 that's, a, that's a challenging one for me, you know? So I, on one hand, I understand it. It's, it's a huge credit to, you know, the Liberty and, and the hype they've surrounded with, with their franchise and Sabrina and just, just how massive she is in this space. But on the other hand, it's like, wow, they, they really are getting highlighted more than anyone else in the league because of that. But I, I wonder, you know, you put like, like that very first game, for instance, Seattle and New York, I mean, we all can agree, just given the makeup of these teams, that Seattle, more than likely, if they're if they're clicking on all cylinders, which who knows, it's the first game of the season, should should run New York out of the gym by by thirty, like you said. And is that the type of representation we want to have of the league? You know, from a competitiveness standpoint, I don't know. Maybe I'm analyzing it too much. Maybe I'm being too critical. I like to look at things from multiple lenses, but. Um, I'm curious your thoughts about New York getting the most ESPN views. You know, for someone who prides himself in hot takes, um, I've in my older days, I've found myself more and more troubled by take making hot takes because I do see both sides of it. Like, you know, uh, there was yeah. a there was a debate on social media not too long ago in regards to uh, NBA 2K or I, li- or I like to call it WNBA 2K. And if they're going to make a cover for the WNBA, who should be on it? And a lot of people were saying Sabrina, Sabrina, Sabrina. I kind of 
go from a different camp. I understand why you would want to do that, but for me, she's only the alternative cover. And similarly, I mean that for the ESPN coverage of her. Should she get some attention and some ESPN coverage? Yes. I know in the past few years, New York has not gotten any ESPN coverage in that regard, and it is a huge market. So I get it. It's Sabrina plus New York market. I completely get it. That being said, I would have liked to see some other teams get that. You know, one of the reasons we founded Winsider was because we felt that it was basically like four teams or three teams were getting so much of the coverage and these other teams weren't getting coverage. And I don't think the right way to combat that is to, you know, put all your eggs in one more team's basket. I think you need to spread the love. There is so many unique personalities on so many different teams, and I would have liked to see a little bit more of it. And to your point, Rachel, New York is not in any way, shape, or form expected to blow teams out of the water this year. You know, are they going to be better than last year? Yes. Are they going to be a team that's super young and have a lot of growing pains? Yes. Is there a, a possibility that this team surprises us all and rallies behind uh, Walt and just, you know, trucks through the season and, and wins a championship? It's possible. I'd put my money that it doesn't happen. Um, there, there. Why, you know, what, why, why would they be better than what they were last year? I mean, they could finish with the same, you know, a very similar record, in my opinion. It's a completely different team, completely different setup, completely, you know, it's, it's, it's a complete unknown. This is a, this is a, the biggest rebuild that the league has this year, in my opinion, you know? So like, yes, I think we're looking at them as better in terms of where the franchise is going, you know, down the road, but this is bare bones rebuild of a bunch of new people coming together, trying to, to build something and, and think about who you have to go up against. So I, I question that. Sorry, I just had to interrupt you. No, first of all, I love that we're back to disagreeing. It was it was a nice honeymoon, Rachel, while it lasted, but we're back at the WNBA season, and now we're back at disagreeing. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying there, and I do agree with that. So I guess my view is when I'm saying this team's going to be better, I'm not saying that's definitely going to be reflected in the um, you know, the team ranking or the the win-loss column. I'm saying this in the regard of when Katie took over this team, they needed to basically complete, do what Walt was finally able to do this past season. Now, do I think that the team has set themselves up for a situation to be successful this season? No, because anybody with half a brain can say, hey, look, look what they did bringing in all these rookies. To me, this is what I've seen some people say when it comes to the links, almost like a tryout for next year. Um, in regard to let's see what you can do. Let's see what you bring to the team. Um, but because we had to completely revamp this roster and we didn't bring in any major superstars, you know, obviously besides through the draft, realistically, this team is a few years away from competing. That's just a matter of fact. And I think that in that regard, they took a step closer than they were last year in that regard, not necessarily in the win-loss column. Is that fair? I Yes, absolutely. Totally fair. And I agree with you. And in terms of hype and everything surrounding this organization, it's as high as it's ever been. Oh, and and the, the, the I don't even know what color, green or blue or whatever that is, but that... Oh, their uniforms are the, the best, ooh, hands down. Ooh, I like it. I mean, I, I still down. completely 
and I'm just going to say it, hate Nike for not getting creative and, and like having unique jerseys for all the teams. Like stop with this cookie cutter jersey where we just paint different colors on it. But the New York colors are just fire, like just straight up fire. Perfect. The sea foam. There and go. I like that sea foam, blue, green, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm with you on that one. We can agree. They by far have the best jerseys, color, scheme, and anti All right, well, last thing about the schedule before we talk very briefly about uh, top team expectations in mine and Rachel's opinion, or Rachel and my opinion. Um, Rachel, talk to me about uh, the schedule, uh, kind of this, the, the condensed schedule. I believe there's going to be um, every game day will have three games. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean – it's, it's, it's a lot in a short amount of time. And I'm not telling anybody anything that we didn't already anticipate. I think, you know, now that it's out and we can really dissect it quite a bit, um, th- there's a lot to kind of take in. I mean, it really, it seems like, you know, from, from July 25th to the end of the season, um, we, we got something going on every single day. Really, um, we're playing every day. Um, I think there's, I think most Mondays are off. There is one uh, Monday in there where we do play uh, or where they will be playing. And that is going to be, let me go ahead and look at this right now. I can't even find it. Oh, okay. On um, August 10th. So that is the one Monday where there, there are going to be games, but it looks like for the most part, Mondays are going to be kind of the off day um, for, for media and for everybody in terms of just no actual games. But I mean, I think you're going to have to take this back to 2018 where we really, we were just like beating a dead horse with the fact that we had that condensed schedule and it was a lot on the players. Um, it was very fast paced. It was hard to keep up with a lot of ways. And, and it did lead to in some ways, you know, injuries and, and things like that, just because of the way the schedule was laid out. You know, I know that the league and the players all understand this. This is just the nature of this season. We're starting it, <laughs> you know, at the end of July. So this is the way it has to be, but it's going to be a lot of basketball and it's going to go really, really fast. Um, but I mean, we've, we've missed it, you know, and, and I know I could probably speak for a lot. Most, I would imagine most play, they miss playing. And so um, it's just going to be an intense couple of months, really intense. Yeah, I'm, I'm there for it. And uh, I hope my wife will understand that uh, it's going to be an intense couple of months and I'm going to be watching a lot of basketball, doing a lot of Even commentary, doing a lot of podcasts, doing a lot of Zooms. Um, but Hey, hopefully, uh, we're still together at the end of it. Let's talk about top teams. Uh, hold on. Hold on. I wanted to make a point. Um, I'm not sure about the league pass schedule at this point. Um, that is a bit of a question mark in terms of how that looks and how that's going to go down. I, it would be my guess that the league pass will show most of the games um but league pass is still a bit of a question mark this time you know we're just kind of focusing on the tv games right yeah now. no totally totally uh, and that's a, that's an important element um well all right let's let's talk about these top teams in my regard uh if you're asking Arya, what do you, you know who do you think the top teams in the league are um going into this season expectation wise i'm and i'm just going to do a quick little uh blurb about them rachel do you have any insight do you want to say anything chime in my top team going into this season is Seattle. Uh, the addition of Ezzy to this already stacked team, my way too early favorites, definitely. There's obviously questions of health. Their two best, arguably, two best players, two of their three best players are coming off of injuries. 
how's that going to look for this team? But let's assume everyone's healthy. I don't see how this team isn't in the WNBA finals come end of the year. Um, that's just the way I look at it. Obviously they're down a head coach, um, but this team really is stacked and has some more years under their belt. And what we saw last year when Sue and Brianna were hurt was that these young players, Jordan Canada, um, you know, Mercedes Russell really stepped up, really, really stepped up and grew more than they would have last year if these players were healthy. So I think this team is honestly suited uh, for, as Sue Bird said, uh, running back the championship. They kind of view themselves as the defending champions because their roster last year uh, was so different. Any thoughts on Seattle, Rachel? Sorry, I had myself on mute there. Um, I agree. It's I haven't spent a ton of time really thinking about favorites. I had talked a lot about Connecticut before, and, and and but now I mean it's it's hard. It's been really hard to really sit down and think about who who are my preseason favorites as information is changing every single day. But Seattle one hundred percent has to be in the equation. Um, they have to be in the top two for me. Um, just, just based on Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird, and and like you mentioned, really, really, really important take about just the the, the progress that a lot of those other players were able to make last season. Um, it's just going to be a question mark of you know getting getting Bird and Stewart back on the floor and and how they respond and um, how this team is clicking together at this point. But yeah, I mean, just going toe to toe, Seattle is 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 definitely one of my favorites to and win. And we it didn't all. even mention Jewel Lloyd, which just shows you how stacked this team is. Um, Moving on to Phoenix, another team that, you know, at first when Skyler went over there and, and all these offseason moves happened, I was like, all right, yeah, like I see it, but like, I don't know, you know, is this team really going to live up to the hype? But the more and more I think about it and the style of play that this team plays and the addition of Skyler and having to have or being able to have Diana off ball um, and have a little bit more time for these younger players um smith cunningham for these players to grow i really really think that we're going to be surprised or not surprised i guess i'm surprised in my growth because the more and more i think about this roster i really like them for a possible team in the finals um any thoughts on phoenix because i mean they they just got they got some some big famous names on them yeah i'm i mean they're they're a powerhouse um, and I, I'm so excited about Skylar Diggins Smith um, on this roster. Griner, when she decides to go, can be the most dominant player in the league. Um, the biggest question mark with me is Tarazi, you know, and, and how does she respond? How is she feeling? How, how is she clicking? Um, that That's going to make or break whether this team can go win a championship or not. Not telling anyone any, anything they don't know, but Seattle and Phoenix, I mean, those are those are the, the heaviest hitters right there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And then for my number three team, it's it's the LA Sparks. Um, this team is built to win, win rings now. Obviously, losing Christy Tolliver and Shanae is a blow because say what you want about Shanae, she's still a top pick. She's still better than, I'll just say it, flat out better than any other player coming off the bench on any other team in the league. So, yeah, she might not be a superstar who's going to carry your team to a championship, but having that off the bench is just ridiculous. I mean... This team is, if healthy, they are, because again, they're not super young. So if healthy, this team has to be in talk with contention. And the other big mm -hmm. question for me is, can Derek Fisher's coaching take form this season 
and really take advantage of who this roster is and how talented this roster really is. Because we know LA, they love bringing in big names. But something I like that LA did this year was more so than just bringing in a big name, I feel like they brought in players that helped things that they had issues with the past season. Bringing in Brittany Sykes was so big. So big. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think there's been a a really um, intense emphasis on just that locker room culture and and the closeness of this team. And I think that's something that's been really worked on heavily um, through, through the first of the year as we head into this season. And yes, it's not the complete roster we thought that it could potentially be or, but and it's a lot different than what we thought it was going to be. But like you said, big names, um, you know, you've got Candace Parker in there, you've got neck in there. I mean, there's just some very serious, uh, firepower on this LA team it's a matter of how does this team gel how's the chemistry of this team that's going to make or break kind of how far they go um, and and I can guarantee you that that has been worked on tenfold um, during this offseason and, and through training camp let's move on to another team we, we touched on them earlier Chicago Sky basically the same roster that lost Las Vegas on the shot minus a stew uh, they added Colson from Vegas um, which was an interesting one it was a giant move in my opinion but now with her out for COVID, at least for now, it's an interesting one. They also added Azrae Stevens. I hope she grows well with this team. I'm still on that hype train, and I'm excited to see what we can do with her, what the team can do with her, and what we're going to see from her. Um, but in my opinion, Lavender out is a giant blow to this team that might make them have to wait a little bit longer for that ring ceremony. What are your thoughts, Rachel? Potentially, um, or it, it may not necessarily be that huge of a blow. Um, I think Chicago's going to take a next step, in my opinion. This this team is has has clicked. They've gelled well. They've worked through some adversity. They've 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 been through that heartache. This team's going to be hungrier than ever. Um, I think they're going to be just as good, if not better, than they were last year. I like it. I like it. Now let's talk about Connecticut Sun. Um, something that I, for me is interesting because yes, they have. Not a complete overhaul, but a very nice overhaul of their roster. A lot of faces that we're not used to seeing uh, in that Connecticut Sun Orange are going to be in that Connecticut Sun Orange. As Kurt Miller talked about, over the last four to five years, they really built into last year's finals run. And that was kind of the climax of that roster. Now, to a degree, they have to start over. But something interesting uh, that he also mentioned in a recent Uh, media zoom I have to get used to saying that media zoom was that he believes that the ceiling of this current roster is higher than it's been in the past now assuming January and Heidemann are back for the season I really like this team and as I've kind of touched on briefly throughout this pod if there's ever a season uh, for a talented team that maybe isn't perfectly there yet and might typically take a little bit longer to have a hot streak and run to the finals and win it all, I think this might be that year. So I'm not counting Connecticut out just based off of who they got on this roster. What's your thoughts on Connecticut? No, you. I don't think you can ever count Connecticut off. Um, just they're, they're, what they've been able to do. Yes, it's different. We, we didn't really expect their roster to look the way it does headed into 2020, but I don't think it necessarily means they're any worse, and I don't necessarily think it means they're any better. Um, I think that's kind of the fun part with Connecticut. Yeah, they made some huge moves in the offseason. They had some huge well, 
kind of drama that took place with the loss of Courtney Williams and how that all went down. But you add Dewana Bonner, you, you, you still return a core of that group that is, um, is hard-nosed and as tough and as experienced as anyone else. So I, I think, and, and honestly, like this, this is going to sound cheesy, but any Kurt Miller coach team is going to be, has to be, in my, in my opinion, in contention. Just the way him and his staff operate and, and the way that he can get a team to come together and fight through adversity. And, and, and you know, he, he's just a brilliant coach. He really is. So um, I definitely think Connecticut has to be up there. I don't think, you know, from an from a initial reaction standpoint, they're getting the most attention right now just because of, you know, the moves and things that have happened. But would not at all be surprised if they came out and won it all this year. Yeah, I, hey, I agree with you on that. And, uh, you know, we're we got a lot more content to be coming out with once uh, things start getting rolling. So I'm very excited for the season. Rachel, I know you're excited for the season. But as we always say, for less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W.